Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. And today we have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, if for some reason you weren't paying attention to the track world, it was the NCAA championships this past weekend. It was from Wednesday until Saturday night. Uh, a lot of great performances, a lot of things that I really want to dive into, as well as some other things outside of the NCAA that were pretty surprising. So uh, we're definitely going to get into all that, uh, give out some of the awards that I think for the, the top performers of the, the meet and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, but before we get into that, make sure that you leave a like, uh, subscribe, leave a review. really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and uh, you're liking what, what's going on. So uh, first, I want to talk about four storylines that I see from the NCAA championship. So uh, these are four of the either good performances, just exciting things that I noticed, things that I like to see, you know, uh, from this uh, this past championship. And first, we'll just go with you know an, an, an easy one that's not not really about the actual performances as much, but it's the the meat coverage in general. So. Uh, as many of you know, I'm sure you're all track and field fans, and the, the coverage for track meets can be spotty at best. Uh, most of the time, you're going to get one view of it, and it's going to be the whatever event is going on on the track. You might, if you're lucky, be able to get some of the coverage for who won some of the field events, if you're lucky, uh, and they might be able to, to tune in every once in a while there. But... Uh, ESPN did not do that. ESPN did very well covering this championship meet. Uh, for those that weren't able to tune in, they had three or four streams going on the entire time on all of the ESPN platforms. So on their main platform, so whether it was ESPN2 or ESPNU, depending on the time and the event that you're watching, the was the main uh, track events. So it was the 400, 800, 10K, whatever it was. Whatever event was running on the track was what was being played on that main channel. And that's where the, the commentators were. So that's wh where the people were discussing the events that were going on, the storylines, all that type of stuff. Uh, and so mainly, that's usually what you would get. That's all you would normally get in a track meet. But this time, that, that was not the case. They also had uh, other streams covering every single other event. So if there was pole vault going on, you could go to ESPN3 and you could watch pole vault. If Javelin was going on, you could go to ESPNU and watch Javelin. So they had every other event being covered in some way, shape, or form, which I really loved because that doesn't happen. And not only that, but they had added graphics and details so you could know who's jumping or throwing. You could know what place they're in what their personal best is, what their season best is. Uh, you could see where they're placing, who's in the competition, who's out of the competition. They just made it so easy for people watching the meet to know what's going on. And I hope that the Olympics and all of these other teams or all these other meets, the Diamond League, are taking note because this is what you need to do if you want to be able to help grow track and field is just make it easy for people to watch. And it was so easy. Also, did I mention all of this was for free? 
So if you have access to ESPN, you have the ESPN app, whatever it is, you were able to watch all of this stuff for free. You didn't have to pay an added subscription to watch any of it. It was done extraordinarily well. Uh, this is what is my new like barrier or barometer or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, setting the, you know, the, the pole high for what a good track and field meet is. Now, were there downfalls? I mean, sure. Uh, it was an, it was a little confusing. Sometimes they were using, uh, inches and feet. Sometimes they were using meters, um, because, you know, in, in track and field, we all use metric, but in the United States, it's all Imperial. So it's, it can be a little bit confusing there. Um, so there was a little bit of, of, you know, issues going on with that. And also sometimes the, the announcers weren't super excited when things were going on. You're like, well, this guy just broke the collegiate record. Why are you not like, you know, getting out of your seats? You'd, you'd be going crazy if this was a guy running, you know, a hundred yards for a touchdown. Um, so sometimes that, that stuff, uh, you know, the mood didn't line up correctly, but you know, if that's the worst that happens, uh, that's fine. So I'm hoping that the Olympic trials takes note of what just happened here with the track championship for NCAA because overall coverage was fantastic. Uh, next and, and probably my, my favorite storyline uh, is overall North Carolina a and is not to mess with. Do not sleep on North Carolina A&T. A lot of people might be like, I've never even heard of North Carolina A&T. Who are these people? What is the school? Why should I care? Uh, so it is a HBCU in North Carolina that is doing extraordinary well. They're the only program that had two teams in the top four. Men finished third, women finished fourth. So they both brought home titles for the team. Um, and not only that, they had multiple champions, of course. Uh, Cambria Sturgis uh, brought home the 100-meter champion as well as the 200-meter champion. It was the fastest time uh collegiately in the 100 for all conditions it was a 1074 uh, and it sucks because it was a 2.2 mile per hour win so she was so close to not having you know to having that be an, an all-time record but you know what what can you do uh, then the men obviously brought home the the 400 with with Randolph Ross uh, the 4x4 four four, uh, as well as being fourth in the 4x1 four and then I think turn I think uh, Trevor Stewart also got fourth in the the 400 also. So they they have some real ballers there, and they're not to be not to be messed with. I mean I think this is showing what we've been talking about all along. I mean uh, what's his name? Uh, Carl Lewis was discussing how you don't need to go power five. I mean because you see Houston had had showed dominance. They had a you know a tough break here at the championship. Dropped the baton the four by one, but the, like you don't have to go power five to be able to be a, a, a good athlete. And North Carolina A&T is showing that, that this is a, a school that really has no business being it, you know, this good, like historically when people think, you know, if you're going to be, you know, a top five team, you have to be, uh, you know, an SEC, uh, ACC, whatever type school. North Carolina A&T is showing you don't have to. And it's got some great talent there. I'm sure that this is only going to bring more recruits to their school. It helps that the high school national championship is competed at their school. So they can have a little bit of access to, to seeing some of that top talent compete and maybe being able to reach out to them in the future. But so North Carolina A&T loved what they did. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about them later. So you're, you're going to hear a little more about some of those athletes. Uh, next thing, Mo, is, is just insane. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much that you could, you could say <laughs> about, uh, this young lady that 
she was just incredible during this meet. She brought home the 400-meter championship. Uh, she was a part of the 4 by 4 that that won. And then throughout this entire year, uh, she has the national record in six different events. So she's part of the 400-meter national – she has a 400-meter national record indoors and outdoors. She has the 800-meter record outdoors and indoors, the 600-meter national record, and then she's a part of the 4x4 national record indoors and outdoors as well. Uh, she broke her own 400-meter national record outdoors at the national championship, and then in the 4x4, uh, after she's ran her national record in the 400, you know, this past weekend, she then split a 48. Um, and, you know, one of the only other ladies to do that is, what, Allison Felix? And so to be a part of that company where it's it's you and Allison Felix are the ones splitting 48s is incredible. So, I mean, she's winning the Bowerman, obviously. I Like, if there was money to be put on this, <laughs> the wagers, it would obviously be put your entire life savings on a thing, Mo, because she's just had an incredible year. Probably one of the best collegiate years of all time. I'd have to go back and, and check, you know, if that's actually the case. But I wouldn't be too surprised if this was the best collegiate season of all time. And she's only a freshman. She just turned 19 about a week ago. And so to see that she was doing all of this stuff before your peak. I mean, most athletes aren't peaking for another, you know, six, seven, eight years um, compared to where she is right now. Incredible. Just insane. So she had an, a crazy meet. Uh, and excited to see what she's going to be doing in the trials. She said she's just doing the 800. We'll see if she gets on that 4x4 four four because she definitely should. Um, next, just the amount of doubles that we saw at this championship was pretty interesting. Uh, Javon Harrison doubled in the long and the, the high jump. Uh, he did that again because he doubled indoors, so he's probably the be one of the best jumpers of all time. Uh, Turner Washington, he doubled in the discus and the shot put. He also got the shot put indoors there is no out indoor out indoor discus so he got the shot put championship indoors um so he doubled uh cambria sergis she doubled in the 100 the 200 like we just mentioned she breaking beating some pretty big names uh like tanisha terry uh kemba walker uh not, not kemba walker what, what am i talking that's the uh, that's the basketball player uh kemba from uh from oregon uh Anna Cockrell uh, doubled in the 100 meters uh, as well, 100 meter hurdles as well as the 400 meter hurdles. Uh, Terrence Laird with the 100 and the 4 by 1. Randolph Ross in the 400 and the 4 by 4, and then a Thing Mo in the 400 and the 4 by 4 as well. So there's just a ton of people that are that are doubling. That's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven athletes that won two different national championships. So. Just incredible talent, uh, especially at the top. All of these are going to be names that you're probably going to be hearing for a long time, whether it's in the NCAA or professionally. Uh, so just overall an incredible, incredible day for a lot of these athletes. And then uh, I want to go over some of these awards that I want to give out. Uh, so I, I created like a first team all NCAA championship. So um, if there were to be this, this list has nothing to do with previous meets so this is nothing to do historically with how you did this year how your entire career has been this is just who was the best person at the NCAA championship and so that's who we're, we're going over today so for the men's side uh, I have the the MVP be Terrence Laird 
Uh, he brought home, what was it, 28 points, winning the 100, being a part of the 4x1, coming in second in the 200, which was pretty dang close, right behind uh, Joseph Fanbula. So he had an insane meet. He's definitely got to be my, my MVP. Uh, then next, these are all people that are on the first team, obviously, uh, for the most valuable jumper, the MVJ, uh, I have Javon Harrison winning the long jump and the high jump, uh, for the MVT. So the most valuable thrower, um, I have Turner Washington doubling in the, the shot put in discus, which was just incredible. Um, then I also have for uh, just other people that were on the, the first team. Uh, oh, let's actually go the the rookie of the, the meet as well. Uh, Sean Burrell, uh, rookie of the meet in the 400-meter hurdles, um, getting the U-20 world record, which is insane, especially the fact that he's only been doing the hurdles for about two, three months because uh, he was a 400-meter runner, and then he you know just got into the 400-meter hurdles recently. So the fact that he's breaking world records and he's only been doing this for a few months is insane to me. Uh, next, for the people on the first team, Randolph Ross. I mean, 400-meter world lead and part of that 400, 4x400 uh, team that, that won. That was incredible. I don't think anyone was really seeing um, Randolph Ross being the world leader. Um, I was, I mean, I had Noah Williams kind of pegged as, as being the the guy that was going to win this. And then to see that he came in third and then Randolph Ross, not just one, won, but won by a lot and was the world leader. Incredible, incredible by him. Uh, then I also have Patrick Deaver, part of the first team. Uh, he was the 10 K meet record. Uh, and he also came in sixth in the five K. Um, he really shattered the, the meet record in the, in the 10 K as well. Uh, other people on the first team, Cooper tier, uh, five K meet record, uh, which was incredible. And then last one rounding it out, Isaiah Jewett, uh, 800 meter collegiate lead fourth, uh, also part of that, uh, team, uh, that was fourth in the four by four. So, uh, for the men, that's who I have as my first team, uh, all NCAA championship. And if you want to see visuals of this, you can check our, my Instagram page. You can see the full list that's, uh, in the visual format. Uh, so for the women, uh, MVP have Anna Cockrell, uh, who ran, who won in the hundred meter hurdles and the 400 meter hurdles, which was the collegiate lead in the, the 400 meter hurdles, uh, incredible race, uh, bringing home the team title for USC. Fantastic win. Uh, oh yeah. For those that didn't know USC won on the women's side and the, the men's side was won by, by LSU there. Um, rookie of the meet, uh, a thing, Mo, uh, I mean, 400 meter, four by four national records. I mean, she's going to be going to Tokyo. Incredible meet uh, that she had for, for a thing. Well, we already talked about her a little bit earlier. Um, for the the most valuable jumper of the meet, the MVJ, we have Tyra Gittens, who won the heptathlon, second in the long jump and third in the high jump. Uh, I think she also won the long jump and the high jump within the uh, heptathlon as well. So she had an, an incredible performance. Uh, most valuable thrower. Uh, I have that as, um, Cambria, not, not Cambria, sorry, Cameron Rogers, uh, national record in the hammer throw. She actually beat her, beat the national record twice. She beat it on the first throw. And then I think on the very last throw of the day. Uh, so that was incredible to see. Um, next we have, uh, Cambria Sturgis first team, um, talked about her 100, 200 double, 
um, and she she has the record for the fastest time in all conditions uh, for the the 100 meter as well. Um, other members of the first team, we have Jorind Van Kleeken. Sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, discus meet record um, for today. She's from, from Arizona State. Uh, also have Tunisha Terry, who was part of the, the 4x1 that won the national championship. She came in second in the 100 and then fifth in the 200. And then rounding out the uh, women's side, we have... Uh, Mahala Norris, who won in the steeplechase. If you watch that race, it is the most incredible finish that you'll ever see. Um, probably one of my favorite races of favorite races of the entire day. So those are going to be my my first team, my NCAA championship first teams. Uh, let me know what you think. Who did I get right? Who did I get wrong? Who got snubbed? Uh, let me know about that. And then uh, want to talk about two other um, two other brief things that happened outside of the NCAA championship. So first, Omar McLeod, uh, he ran a world lead in the 110-meter hurdles. I believe it was, what, 13.1? Uh, and so once again, like this is just making that 110-meter hurdles in out to be one of the most anticipated races of the entire Olympics between Omar McLeod and Grant Holloway, something that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, because now he he took back that the world lead and I mean we were supposed to see these guys go off together against uh, in the American Track League, but uh, Omar McLeod um, was not uh, in the race. He he pulled out last last minute, so we weren't able to see that, which kind of sucked. Uh, next, uh, big story that that I saw from this. Uh, past weekend was that Fred Curley announced he is not going to be running in the 400 meter hurdle, uh, 400 meters. He is going to be just focusing on the 100 and the 200 for the Olympic trials. Um, this is something that if you go back to my previous episodes, I'm sure for those that have listened to many of them, I have kind of pleaded saying, Fred Gurley, please run the the 100. Like you need to be doing this. This is some, you know, a, a double that I think is is really, you know, this is the best time to do it. And I don't know. I guess he listened because he's now doing just the 100 and the 200. Now I was surprised, and I am surprised that he dropped the 400 in order to do this. I thought that he was going to be doing the 100 and then the 400 double, but he decided to just go one and two. Uh, I'm guessing timing-wise, it makes more the most amount of sense um, to give you perspective on on where he is. Um, in the world and in the U.S. for this stuff, he is uh, he's fourth in the U.S. with a 9.91 in the 100, and then he is 15th in the U.S. in the 200 with a time of 20.24. Uh, if he wants to make the team, it's looking like you're going to have to be running sub 20, uh, most likely a sub 19.9. Uh, Noah Lyles is that that time of the 19.9 uh, for the top three there, and so this is something that at first glance. It, it looks like, why are you why are you doing this? This doesn't make any sense. You're the 400-meter previous champion. Uh, you're, this is your best event. You're one of the top 400-meter runners this, like, in the world. Why are you doing the one and the two double instead of the 400? And I think that when you look into it, it actually makes more sense uh, when you break it down. Um, one, like if this, if there's ever going to be a time to go for the 100 and the 200 meter title, this is the year because this is the year Christian Coleman isn't running. Uh, and the 100 is overall, there is no dominant 
runner right now. Now, yes, there's Trayvon Brumel who is running, you know, extremely well and extremely consistent, but there is no Usain Bolt. There's no guy that is running nine fives or, or anything like that that is just dominating everyone and is a clear winner. There is a lot of athletes that are in that nine nine to nine eight realm. And and he's a part of that. And so if there's ever a time to go for the 100 and the 200, it's this year because you're not going to be able to do it at the next Olympics when, when Coleman's back. And I'm sure there's going to be some other athletes that are going to be in that, that conversation. So if you're going to do it now is the time. And he realized that. And so I think this is a great move. Now, everyone, you know, you're thinking the 400 year event, why are you changing? He can go back. Like he's not this, he's not going to just be a 100 and 200 meter guy. Obviously he's going to be doing the 400 as well, but he's focusing on them for this Olympics. And I think it's a good idea because he's giving him, he's giving him more chances to make the Olympic team as well. Uh, He's giving himself, he could be on that four by four uh, if they want to give him a spot. He could be in the in it for the 200. He can be in it for the 100, and he could be in it for the four by one. So he's now giving him shot to make the Olympic team in four different events. Compared to if he was just going to be doing the 400, he'd be giving him a shot to be getting in for the 400, the four by four, and then maybe the the four by one, but most likely not. Some probably just two. So he's he's now putting himself in the best position to make the Olympics, and I think it's a great idea. Interested to see what he's going to be doing after the Olympics. Is this going to be something that he's going to continue to do during the one and the two? Or will he go back to be doing the 400 as well? Uh, I think that all depends on how the trials go, how the Olympics go, and and what's going to be happening after that. But awesome. Uh, Overall, a lot of stuff that happened this week. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of stuff going on next week because the trials is the week after, I believe. So it's going to be a little bit of a little bit different. Uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on. But uh, yeah, overall, hope that you enjoyed the episode. Uh, once again, this has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, if you want more content, go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post different clips and, and pictures and, and things like that on there. I'm sure that you would enjoy it. Um, and then also make sure that you leave a like, review, follow us uh, and, and subscribe and, and all that good stuff. Helps us know that you're enjoying the show. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Peace. We'll be right